Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Stephen McNally. Welcome to your home for Formula One racing this side of the pond. Steve, finally another race week after this start and stop, but this one takes us to our first new continent, so that's that's nice for the season. Yeah, uh, your week three, race three, uh, we depart from the Middle East, we head to the land down under. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's the, the first leg of quite the whirlwind tour. And I, I think it's something we got to talk about just the absolute craziness of the formula one schedule. You know, Steve, I'm, I'm, I know it's another race this week and it's great, but I'm looking at like the first five races and like, it takes two months to get to the fifth race of the season. And it's just crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's two months and I, I can't imagine the the stress that you know not not so much the drivers because they get to fly private they they have it kind of nice they'll say it's you know tough on them but you know it's tough on the teams it's tough on their family it's a lot of crisscrossing the globe and you're only five weeks into the season at that point you know I know there's a lot of travel going on that jump to Australia usually early in the season necessitates this uh, the travel the changing the continent and you know with Miami being so early as well, you're coming across. Uh, there's just so many opportunities in this schedule to probably have a little bit more, I don't know, consistency in travel. And, you know, we talked about this. We're, we're talking about, what, net zero by 2030. And it seems like they could do a lot by just aligning the schedule better, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's their big, you know, uh, banner-waving battle cry of, you know, we want to be the tip of the spear when it comes to world leading emissions cutting gone with turbo hybrid cars we've you know cut down on tire allocations we've cut down on the cost cap so that you know parts production isn't you know insane uh but at the same time they'll travel 82,000 miles this year to complete the schedule you know that's going around the world more than 3 times and this week, you know, uh, oddities that I like to look at the calendar uh, for us poor Americans here, uh, poor East Coasters that me and Steven are, uh, this is the first of three 1 a.m. Uh, <laughs> watch times for us uh, on the season. So always fun. My favorite. I love losing sleep on a Sunday well, to stay up and watch F1. There is no sympathy for Americans, I can assure you. Uh, spe- especially in F1. Uh, what What is crazy about that, though, is amongst the early morning East Coast hours for us uh, is another American race. You know, you'd expect like, okay, yeah, Japan for sure, maybe Singapore, but no, it's the Las Vegas race. It's one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, crazy. I mean, again, understandable that Australia and the and Japan are going to be one in the morning, but uh, for us Americans who are used to watching some West Coast games and things like that in other sports, that this is a 1 a.m. start to be under the lights there in Vegas, which I'm sure will be an amazing race and awesome on the strip there. Uh, we will have to have a very late night ourselves to watch our own domestic race. Uh, so a little bit of quirks about this F1 calendar this year, and again, you know, there are three American races this year, which is awesome, right? But they're so spread out. Uh, uh, you know, even though Coda and Vegas are relatively close to each other, and there is some kind of synergy there with that end of the season kind of stretch, um, you would think that they would try to put Miami 
closer to that. Uh, and it's just, it's the fifth race of the season. And, you know, we don't come back to the United States until October after that. So, right. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the back out of the schedule. Cause I feel like that stretch is probably the stretch that makes the most sense. Um, you know, I, as far as Miami being up front and the other United States races in the back end, I, I think Miami is potentially the hottest American race and probably the hottest race outside of Singapore and, you know, Singapore is so hot. They have to do it at night. Um, you know, a consideration with Miami for sure is hurricane schedule or excuse me, hurricane season. Uh, you know, May is preseason. So you don't have to worry about, you know, a- any kind of race canceling weather. Um, and then if you shifted it to the later in the season, you know, we, We've had hurricanes in October. We've lived that life. Um, and you, you definitely don't want to have your $100 million F1 race, you know, upset by some storm with a Greek alphabet name. True. It's also the best time to book a cruise in the Caribbean, but that's a, another <laughs> side point. The you know, Provided the I, cancellation policy is solid. That too. My, my, my biggest issue is, I, I guess there's some ways around it. I understand, you know, that's what it is. It's... We know this as Dolphins fans. They never schedule our Dolphins games early in the season because they don't want us to have an advantage. I, you know, I know it's it's murder on the cars, but I mean, not for nothing. I mean, they stick you in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia and Azerbaijan early in the season, um, and Qatar. I mean, it gets pretty hot around those times of the year too. Yeah, at least uh, at least the first two Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, they they do have it at night to alleviate it somewhat. Baku is, you know, it's it's on the water, so it it's not quite as oppressive. Um, yeah. But I could see Miami being a night race instead, right? Nothing wrong would, with Miami. I would love right? if it was a night race. It's not like it's not like they put it downtown or they put it on the beach or they put it somewhere where it's like, oh look at the glitz and glamour the way that Monaco is. You know, it's it's in Miami Gardens. It's kind of in uh you, you know, that in between of a metropolitan area and another metropolitan area, it's in a suburb around a football stadium. It can be at night. There's no scenery. I think it'd be an electric at night. And I, I imagine football season comes into play a little bit for the Miami Grand Prix later in the year, around the time we do the other uh, American Grand Prix. Uh, because of the challenges with the Dolphin schedule for a home schedule, but certainly, but they're of course going on, you know, predicated on the fact that the Dolphins are going to be good and they're going to need <laughs> to have the stadium available. Um, not not quite sure that they uh, understand what the Dolphins are. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still regular season, but I, for for me, I I just I, I find it uh, a bit maddening this early part of the season. Uh, I think I counted it out uh, somewhere in the uh, the effects of eight races over the first three months. Um, then it's kind of fast and furious, I guess, after that. Um, a little bit more tighter anyway, although there are some long down periods as they have that, that rest period. But I... I don't know if there's a better way to do this or not, and it's just one of those things where I know... The racers, the drivers, I should say, really are concerned about that downtime for themselves and running a, a, a monster season. 
And I know there's a desire to expand the F1 schedule and, and as they grow and, and gain in popularity in places that they weren't always as popular, like we see the growth in the United States. I, I just feel like just like with the the football schedule with uh, American football schedule with uh, the NFL, it seems like the only people who maybe really want that expansion are everyone except the people who actually have to play the games and in this case race the cars. Right. I mean, you know, football players you talk about every game you add on is another game where I can get hurt. Another game I can take a, a head injury and further develop my CTE. Uh, you know, with the drivers, they, they put their life on the line every race. So, you know, it it's not a, you know, off-the-cuff remark that they're making. Uh, you know, typically, uh, for the better part of the last two decades, the schedule has maxed out at 19 to 20 races. It's It's been this, you know, new era, new era, excuse me, of Formula One where, you know, the money really speaks louder than anything else that, you know, we have 23 races this year. Um, so, I, you know, at, with the schedule, F1 likes to teeter the line between we we love the tradition of the sport and on the other side is the sport has to continue to evolve. So on the continue to evolve side, it's more races and it's more races where people will gladly open up their wallet. That's why we have the Saudi Arabias and the Bahrains and the Qatars. Um, and we've lost, uh, you know, Hockenheim in Germany. We've lost the... Uh, the, the French Grand Prix we have lost uh, we, we were precariously close to losing the Belgian Grand Prix in Spa and you know these have been staples on the calendar and you know as we add in American races and other races uh, potentially like we, we haven't gone back to China because of COVID restrictions but I know F1 wants to go back to China very badly but on that traditionalist side you know, there's a way to stack the schedule to make logistical sense, but it's no Monaco has to be the last week of May because it's always the last week of May. The European season always has to be over the summer because that's where people take time off in Europe. So that's where it makes sense. You know, other uh, quote unquote traditions, you know, they'll let go by the wayside that you know, traditionally the season would end in Brazil or Japan and the season would always start in Australia, but you know, money talks. So now the season starts in Bahrain and the season ends in Abu Dhabi. Right. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of things going on. We won't get to all of them here, but, um, and I don't want to bemoan the schedule too much, but I will do bemoan <laughs> to, do enjoy this Grand Prix because you will be waiting a month until the next one after that. Um, that's the It'll take us a month until between Aust the Australian GP and the Azerbaijan GP. Um, but I, before we get into our predictions for Australia, Steve, I did want to bring up this one point. I sent it to you. The conversation around free practice sessions possibly being under consideration is... Interesting. Uh, getting back to one of those things where who's asking for this? Is it everyone except the drivers? And that that's what I'm curious about. What's what's driving this conversation? Uh, are they going to try to pack something in there that's more money, more uh, more attention, more eyeballs, more, 
you know, it's like less preseason games in the NFL for more football that people can get hurt for that are, you know, it's actually at least a game and not a preseason. I, I don't know what the, the analogy would be for this uh, per se, what, especially not knowing exactly. There's no nothing on the table right now that says, I know exactly what we're offering to replace this with. But imagine what, what could we do, Steve? Well, I, I have a couple thoughts on this because, you know, some people's opinions have been, you know, you don't need as long of a race weekend as you have now. Uh, you know, d- that definitely comes from the driver's side because they they have to rock up on Thursday for the most part. They have a ton of their, you know, social media and... <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> they have a ton of their social media and marketing responsibilities that, you know, they sarcastically love so much. Uh, and then, you know, start with free practice one and two on Friday, qualifying and free practice three, well, pre- free practice three and qualifying on Saturday and then the race on Sunday. Um, you know, they feel like that's a taxing weekend and you do that times 23. Uh, there's definitely been the opinion from the driver's side is we, we can shorten this up. Do we need three practice sessions? I don't know if the idea is to get rid of all of them, but I know the, the first step in that direction was doing the sprint races on Saturday. Love them or hate them. The idea was to have more racing. And basically what they did was they took away a free practice session, which is, you know, it's great for the teams to get their data as a spectator. It's, kind of a meh session especially free practice three because typically free practice free practice two is when you get an idea of what everybody's qualifying pace is and then free practice three is kind of what are our long runs looking like what does tire degradation look like it's not the most exciting session and replace it with a short sprint race that's just more racing and that's great in that sense on a fan side when you're talking about the race if you take away some of the practice, maybe it adds a little bit more jeopardy into the race. Because a- after doing 80, 90, 100 laps before you get to qualifying, you kind of know what everybody's pace is. Everybody has the track down to a robotic, you know, uh, you, you know, basically downloaded into their brain. They can drive the track blindfolded. They know their breaking points. They know what the car is going to feel like. Take a little bit of that away, and maybe you spice up the race a little bit more. You know, it, it was one of the arguments with doing preseason testing at the same place that you're going to hold a race. And, like, you know, th- it was a, a big opinion about Spain. The Spanish Grand Prix is always so bad because they always hold testing there every year, and everyone knows the track so well that there's nothing to surprise you about what happens in the race. If you drop a practice session, give them a little bit, you know, less time to practice, maybe it adds a little something to the race. Does it affect safety? You know, do you want, especially with three rookies on the grid this year, them to know the track 100% so that we're not having an airplane crash in the race? Yeah, maybe. I mean, also, if they're going to do something like add more sprint races or maybe up the quotient for chaos, are they going to change the rules that they've instituted for parity? Are they going to change cost caps? Are they going to 
penalize you less, you know, because we've already seen without all of that, the McLaren is already a little in trouble. Ferrari's already a little in trouble with some of the things that they're doing. We've already seen them take a grid penalty. So, I mean, like our, with more chaos, I mean, I can only imagine how much more that would be introduced into the teams. Um, unless that's part of the chaos is that more teams are going to have to take those penalties and everyone gets a little bit uh, more penalized and that makes it more fair. I, but I, I do think it unfairly would hamper, you know, the, the bottom end of the field. You know, if you're talking about, you know, Williams and Haas who are, you know, dependent on other people for facilities and using wind tunnels and everything that, their best chance to shake out new uh, new components and arrow on the car is in these free practice sessions. You know, the the bigger teams can kind of manage their resources in their better facilities to kind of negate losing time on the track. I don't think the Williams of the world can. It's like they need that time to kind of shake down their car every time they bring an update. So w- without those free practice sessions, I think it hurts them. So, you know, I, I wanted to bring up the the sessions and stuff because, you know, with this crazy schedule, just to kind of bring it back to our original conversation, you know, with all that chaos and with, uh, you know, maybe uh, a, a little less time or no time or whatever, we're still traveling around with some of these crazy, crazy, like, uh, essentially continent and uh, hop, hopping with different things. I yeah, because we're, we're I mean, in Australia this week. We're, right. you know, where do we go next week? Uh, well, where do we go next week? Is uh, where do we go next month? Oh, sorry, at this right, point, sorry. But, like, <laughs> yeah, where, 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 do, where do we go next race? We, we go to Azerbaijan, and then naturally um, we go to uh, good old uh, home, beloved home, Miami. And then, of course, you'd expect you're already in the United States. The next race has to be at the Autodromo Enzo Idino Ferrari. Wow, I'm giving you bonus points for that. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been on Duolingo, I can tell. (laughs) So I mean, that's the that's for the early part of the season. We're just all over the place. I mean, then we we hang around essentially Europe for you know a a decent amount of time, but that's still yeah. But you you know, know, you know, we have nine races in Europe, and you know they treat that as as one block, but then it's it's over in September. You know, we we still have another eight, nine races to go after the European season's done. Um, so, yeah, it's a nice block in the middle. But, you know, sh- sh- if you're if you're spreading everything else out, you know, if you're going to have, you know, five Middle East races, essentially, but start and finish the season with them, you know, I, I feel like we those should be clumped together. I mean, between, you know, Bahrain... Saudi Arabia, uh, Qatar, and Yas Marina or, or uh, Abu Dhabi at Yas Marina, like that is one of the you know shortest travel times between tracks that you could have. But you know we're we're starting and ending the season there instead of having them as a group. Yeah, and I I don't know why we need to start in Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, essentially are in middle East and then end in middle East. Uh, it's, uh, tad interesting to say. So, I mean, uh, I do know that there is a lot of interest, especially in investment wise there, but 
um, why are we capping uh, the races around this for the most right. part? Yeah, and you know, it's not that I'm saying like we shouldn't be there. I'm, I'm th- thinking logistics wise, if you're gonna have, you know, four races on the same peninsula, um, it should behoove yourself to maybe group those together. If you want to, if you want to end the season on those four races, all right, that you know, that's fine, great, have have it um as the finale if you want to start the season there that's fine but you know if you're looking to go net zero emissions and kind of be world leading in this you know it's it's tough to see some of the back and forth of the schedule the one of the best you know runs is later in the season where we go to austin and then the next week we go to mexico city and then the next week we go to sao paulo and then we go back to vegas um, and all right, we you know that's not, not as closely knitly put together as the Arabian Peninsula races are, but you know, pretty much makes sense. You don't have big gaps in between, but you know, there, there's a two week gap between the Brazilian Grand Prix or, or Sao Paulo Grand Prix in Brazil and the Vegas Grand Prix two week break, but then it's a back to back Vegas Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, and and to me, Steve, I don't want to wear my conspiracy hat, but uh, I find it interesting that some of the crazier, like jump all over the map ones, are in largely oil rich countries. Um, so United, United I, States included, right? Uh, so you know, maybe uh, maybe it's just a bit of coincidence. It's just a bit of irony. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean. You know, and I'm always interested by this Canadian GP that gets dropped in the middle of the European season. Um, why couldn't that be like when we were actually in the United States, Mexico, and South America? Right. But, we would talk about that being like a great stretch of kind of North, Central, South America. Um, and then Canada is just an outlier. And then Miami is just kind of an outlier. It's like I maybe all of those, those six, the quote unquote America's races you know, they should be together. Um, and I'm yeah. curious, I mean, not that to say that any race is up on the chopping block, but if they don't want to expand the roster here or they expand the calendar, uh, could we see Canada disappear for a return to China at some other place uh, in this schedule? Maybe a, a jumbling around, you know, because it's a bit of an oddball in that schedule part. I mean, is that something that happens? I'd hate to lose Canada because the races there are always great. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a topic that I, I, I love diving into. And I think maybe we have to save it for like a separate conversation as far as we'll save what, it when we're, we'll save it for when we're closer. To yeah. Cause, Cause one, uh, you know, looking at the schedule, we've got, you know, three essentially Asia Pacific races, six American North South American races, five Middle East races, and nine European races. This is an F1 World Championship. We should get to as many places in the world, you would think, as possible. Like, there's no African races. We used to have a South African Grand Prix. We aren't currently in China. There's only one uh, South American Grand Prix, and, you know, Argentina has a a rich history of... uh, you know, involvement in formula one. So, you know, should we have more of a spread 
And uh, the second part to that to dive into later is, you know, who should stay, who should go, who should come back. Uh, you know, I Turkey was great. Uh, the Malaysian Grand Prix was great. They're no longer here. Uh, I think, you know, do you have to have a race in Germany? I think you have to have a race in Germany. Um, is it at the expense of some other places? Like, is Spain that great? Eh, it, it's okay, but you have two Spanish drivers, so how can you not have one? Is, right. is you know, Zanvoort only really on the calendar because Max Verstappen's world championship, or he's the world champion and you have to have a race, you know, in the Netherlands? Eh, you know. So, yeah, that factors in as you get new drivers in in their home countries. You do want them to have a chance to play to that local audience, right? Uh, but like, yeah, like I said, that's that's a deep dive that I love to take as far as you know. Well, I mean, what, it's, yeah, what, it's what obviously is, why they added Logan Sargent's home of Miami, <laughs> right? So yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love to take the opportunity to deep dive on you know my quote unquote ideal Formula One schedule uh, another time. Right, but for now, we will leave you. You're listening to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. I'm Stephen McNally. Uh, Please catch us later this week uh, as we preview the 2023 Australian Grand Prix, and we'll see you later this week.